you go. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Michael. I'm Michael Banks. <laughs> Actually, I just found out that this is, uh, I can't minimize the screen when I'm recording. So ah. actually, I can't see my notes. Oh. So, um, ah, can you still hear me? I can. Okay, yes. so we're good. So uh, apologies, everyone, for that rather uh, messy intro. Um, <laughs> but the good news is that we're here. Uh, I'm, uh, so, so let me start again. Welcome, everyone. I'm Michael Banks, and I'm the host of this podcast series called Heroic Journeys from Crisis to Transformation. My guest today is Kelly Tabiner, who suffered for, for many years from post-traumatic stress syndrome as a result of the loss of her husband in the Boxing Day tsunami 15 years ago. <clears throat> With the help of different experts and therapies, Kelly has been able to renew herself and now leads a full and active life. She's now an advocate for mental health and a trained life coach. She recently gave a TED talk in Norwich and has a regular blog called The Bubble. Kelly has two sons, her husband and her sons are called Theo and Sebastian. So Kelly, welcome. Thanks for taking the time out of your very busy schedule thank to have you. this conversation. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Good. Well, your energy sounds fantastic. So uh, you can always tell when someone's in a good space when their energy is good. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you to begin with, can you talk a little bit about the crisis that triggered your journey to the person you become today? What, where were you and what happened that day? Okay, so I was 29 years old and um, living a very carefree life. Uh, and my partner at the time went on holiday uh, to Thailand. Um, he left this country, I think it was around about the 6th of December. Um, I took him to the airport and he went off on holiday with a friend of his. Uh, he was due to come back on New Year's Eve, um, but obviously on the Boxing Day, the tsunami happened. So I woke up on Boxing Day went round to a friend of mine who greeted me at the door and said, have you listened to the news this morning, of which I hadn't. Um, we then put on the, the news uh, and I then was literally stuck to that footage and that the, the BBC television for the next 24 hours, um, which then went on for seven days before my partner was found. Um, at which point, yeah, at which point my life came to a halt. Um, and it was four weeks after that event that I then went on to discover that I was pregnant with his baby. So my life it, within four weeks took very, two very sudden changes, um, mm -hmm. very sudden. Right. Wow. Um, interesting that it was on the one hand, I suppose you could say, well, obviously it was tragic. And at the same time, um, there was a gift there as well for you. 
yeah yeah very much so so those four weeks um from when the tsunami happened and then obviously a week later his body was found and i then started very quickly to go down a very dark path really um predominantly drinking wasn't really eating um i just didn't know i just didn't know what to do with myself um and i as soon as we got the news that he'd been found my barriers went up from an emotional point of view and my emotions i didn't allow my emotions out i think i thought if i opened that floodgate if you like that it just wouldn't close again so i shut them my emotions away um and just yeah it went down a bit bit of a rocky path but then when i then discovered that i that i was expecting a child um my thought process then went very much into i have to look after this unborn baby which means i have to look after myself um and so then my focus 100% went back on to looking after me physically, I must add, physically, um, and to just get me through the pregnancy because obviously, I guess inevitably, I then feared that something would happen to the baby and I, you know, well, luckily it didn't, it didn't. <laughs> and then I became a mum in the August. Well, gosh. Um... So that said, I mean, I understand from what you've uh, told me before that you were living with the symptoms of PSTD, um, even though you had the joyous occasion of your baby being born and being able to look after your baby and getting yourself in good sort of condition to yeah. look after the baby. That was Theo, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, over a period of time, you weren't operating as a, you know, ideally as you'd like to have operated in, in your life. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. So my focus went very much into um, what I guess wanting to create as normal a lifestyle for my son um, as possible. I, I was very blessed with my upbringing and my mum and dad are still together today and I have a brother um, and we lived a very I'd love to think of a better word but a very normal life um, mm -hmm. very comfortable um, you know we didn't have loads but we had enough and we had nice holidays etc and so because I had that to reflect back on that's what I really wanted to be able to give my son um, and so my focus was very much channeled on into doing what I felt was right for him, given the situation that he was born into. Um, so yeah, although I did live with some terrible symptoms of PTSD, I was still very highly functioning. And um, I, I luckily went on and met my now husband and we then had a son together and we got married and you know we we absolutely did a lot of things that, that the average family does however my what my symptoms were gradually doing over the years was was actually making that 
smaller and smaller because I was trying to just control everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's. Thank you for for explaining that. I mean the the thing about PTSD. A lot of people suffer from PTSD, not just people who've been back from the front, you know, in the war or whatever. But uh, there are many, 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 many causes, infinite number probably. Um, yeah. what, what were the symptoms for you and how did they affect your life? So anxiety and panic attacks came around very, very quickly um, after the loss of my partner. Um, and I lost a lot of my confidence. In fact, most of my confidence because the... the, the I. The best way to describe it was that I just didn't have any headspace to think about or to channel any energy or focus into to myself because I was just constantly in this fight or flight state, which meant I was just constantly managing my anxieties uh, con constantly. So my confidence definitely dropped. I lived with guilt because I wasn't there at the time and I couldn't obviously do anything um, in regards to helping him or could I have done could I would it have been different if I'd have been there um, I lived with reoccurring dreams throughout a decade or more um, I had a fear of traveling I had a fear of dying which was quite very, very irrational, um, and had periods of time where I had quite morbid obsessions with disasters because I, I think I felt sometimes I felt that I needed to research different types of disasters to see how they'd affected other people, and because I felt like I was quite alone in my situation, so you reach out for knowledge and information to try and, I guess, make you feel better. But actually, all you're doing is adding to the, to the anxieties, which is kind of what I did. Right. So, uh, and this went on for a long time, did it? Like you said, 10 years? Yeah. So it was shortly after the 10-year anniversary of the tsunami that I had a breakdown because my my world had become so so tiny because I just was trying to trying to control everything and inevitably I couldn't and I'd lost focus on what was within my control and what was irrational and so it just all merged and you know I think you can only maintain that fight or flight state for so long and I was exhausted from living that way um so yeah shortly after the 10-year anniversary I I then sought um therapy um and yeah then met my therapist who <laughs> thankfully worked miracles <laughs> miracles Fantastic. Well, I, I was going to ask you how, did you, how did you start to get out of it? And obviously, you reached out to someone that could help you, right? I did. I did. So I, um, I was very lucky in the sense of I worked in a corporate business and they had a channel whereby they, um, 
they offer and um, pay for six counselling sessions initially. Mm -hmm. So I, I went down that road and, and took up that offer. And uh, she then subsequently became my personal therapist because she was, she was so brilliant and we connected so well, which I think is absolutely key when, when having a therapist, um, you know, to have a connection with them and to feel like you are progressing, which I did. So she's, she's still my therapist today. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. That's what, like four years later or five years later? Yeah. So I have her on my phone and, you know, if I need to, I can give her a text and, and um, we book something in. But the last time I spoke to her, which was probably about a month ago, we looked at the, her diary and it had been 18 months since I'd spoken to her for, before that. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really testimony to how fantastic support she gave you and, and how well you've sort of come back from, uh, it sounds a bit uh, almost sort of uh, religious or spiritual, but from the darkness to the light. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. She, so for the, there, was a, there was a period of time where we would have conversations about finishing the therapy, finishing the, the sessions and I would I was almost just I was almost scared to let her go like no don't leave me to live my life on my own I need you with me all of the time so yeah. it, it, we then sort of um gradually weaned me if you like off yeah. of the therapy um and yeah then it ended with the control being given back to me in the sense of I know she's there if I need her and so we'll reach out as and when. Fantastic. Well, that's a good advertisement for, um, for people in need uh, reaching out to good therapists, um, people that can help you. I think from my experience, a lot of people are reluctant to reach out for help because they, they think that other people will think it's a sign of weakness um, or dependency that you're, 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 you're dependent on your therapist or your you obviously can't do it on your own, so you're so weak that you have to go to someone to help you out. Um, mm -hmm. But in fact, I think it's it's wise to do it, and it's courageous to do it. And um, obviously, you are living testimony to the fact that it's if you get a good therapist, it can really help you through the darkest times, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I my TED talk actually was on this very subject because I because I think it's so important and um, back rewind back to when my partner first died and when I was um, still working whilst pregnant before I went on maternity leave I was given counseling um, back then but it was so it was so soon it felt too soon I didn't feel ready I didn't you know, I didn't, I didn't feel ready to kind of get over what had just happened to me, which was my impression of what counselling was. Um, but actually, when I then had my breakdown 10 years later, and I was able to look back at the counselling I'd had at the beginning, that was my um, point of reference, if you like, to, to realise just how powerful that counselling had been even back then. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, that gave me the strength to be able to 
to to say this is what that's what I need that I can't do this on my own brilliant okay so um, I also asked you um, before this interview not today but before this interview um, about you know, if you'd had an aha moment, a sort of light bulb moment that, that sort of started you on your journey back to the light. And you made an interesting comment, Kelly, about the, the fact that you think you've had multiple aha moments. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So during those years, especially the later years of when I was living with the anxieties, etc., and the PTSD symptoms, I... I did follow and read many blogs, etc., and um, articles from people who had had come through um, a traumatic situation, and I I used to envy envy the fact that they had come through the other mm-hmm. side, and I would I would even read their articles, and I it was almost as if I could pinpoint when they had their aha moment. And, and envied it and thought, I want that, I want that. And sometimes I used to even think, oh, well, I, so that happened and I feel so much better. So was that my moment? And then inevitably I would <laughs> next day be anxious, etc., and yeah. realise that it wasn't. But yeah. yeah, whilst then having the therapy, so I would say it was over about an 18-month period that um, I had small aha moments where something very small would suddenly make sense to me and that's the difference it would make sense to me the way that I felt made sense to me and for all of those years none of it had made sense to me and so each time um, I processed a different feeling and gained that confidence to own the way that I felt and actually get strength from that knowledge of why I felt the way I did, they were my aha moments. So there were, yeah, there were a number of them. And, and I guess it's, it's, a, it's a good message to send out in the sense of, oh, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Don't, I guess don't panic if you have a small, change that's positive but then the next day you don't feel like you've got over the whole thing (laughs) those small changes then add up you know and then gradually you then start to look back and think yeah actually all together they now make that moment where I feel stronger that's fantastic advice that really is thank you and I think it's also what you're saying is is reality as well isn't it I mean and I think you know that that that's what you're also saying is if you pay attention on a daily basis to things that happen to you, the more you pay attention, the more you then realize, Oh my God, that that was a real positive and that was different. And I feel different this time because of whatever. And then as you said, you know, the next day you might feel anxious again or upset or whatever, but but it's just acknowledging the small steps or the bigger steps as you go along your journey. Exactly, exactly. And actually, there were also times when I was going through the therapy that I would, I would feel so, so I would feel a sense of so much strength in 
regards to situations that maybe before would have terrified me, um, that I would test myself. So I would put myself in situations <laughs> to then come, come out of them and think, I was okay. So it's, it is working. Oh, that's brilliant. I love it. I was nervous. I was nervous that I was going to lose the, the confidence and the, the strength that I was learning again. So. I, I, thank you for saying that. I mean, I, my, it's like the title of this podcast series. I mean, heroic journeys for heaven's sake. You, you are a hero. You're a hero because you have the courage to, try, like you just said, to try things out. And it takes courage to do that, doesn't it? I mean, it, 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 it yeah. takes courage to, to, to go along that path, continually experimenting and trying things out um, and, uh, and realizing, oh my God, I've done it. I've come through. Yeah. yeah. And um, I'm still doing it now in the, in the sense of there are, there are still things that I want to do and haven't been able to um, and so will do in the future and they are they will still be very poignant moments in my life because for so many years i i know that i wouldn't have been able to do them well yeah congratulations and uh, i must admit uh, i think it's a lifelong uh, process for any person interested in becoming a more fulfilled human being um, th that's what you're asking for if that's what you want what you're going to get is these challenges and and uh, tests where you have to have a leap of faith and a bit of courage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even me doing this podcast series, frankly, <laughs> to be honest, um, I was very nervous about doing this interview with you. Uh, and it's my first interview and I'm going, Oh no, what happens if I screw it up? <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, but, but it's a challenge and um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased I'm, I'm doing it because I'm really enjoying talking to you. I think what you're saying is, is, hopefully very helpful to a load of people. Um, I also want to come back to the aha question. Mm -hmm. You did tell me um, that there was one aha that overrode them all when you were asked the question, so if someone was to ask you how you feel about the fact that your partner was killed, can you imagine yourself responding with, I never think about it, to be honest. Um, yeah. can, you, can you elaborate on, on that particular aha? Yeah, so this was, so my therapist, so I, the, the therapy that I had was compassion focused therapy. Mm -hmm. And because I was being very hard on myself um, and carrying all of this guilt, um, as I've mentioned earlier. So yeah, she just posed that question to me and, and said, okay, so yeah, you know, can you imagine if somebody asked you that question, how do you feel about the fact that you're partner was killed can you imagine yourself answering with the sentence yeah to be honest with you don't really think about it ever anymore um yeah I couldn't care less really and obviously I responded and said no I would I would never say that and she what she was trying to help me see was no I wouldn't ever say that because that's not who I am you know, the reason I feel the way I do is because of who I am. And it's okay. Uh, I, I know that we hear that a lot, that it's okay not to be okay. And it, and it is, but it's not okay to stay in a place where you're not okay. You know, and what she was trying to do was show me that 
that who I am is a, is a good person and is somebody that has feelings and emotions and and I have to, to learn to understand them and by doing that it gives you a, a huge confidence in yourself and again it's all about understanding your own emotions. Fantastic. <laughs> That's um, I've got a bit of an echo there can you hear, hear me okay? I can yeah. Yeah um yes and can i suggest also as an extension what you just said that when you understand your own emotions and feelings that then it puts you in the driving seat that you have then a greater sense of control over your yourself and your life it does, it Rather, does. you know and as you said earlier taking ownership of yourself versus being a victim to all the other stuff that's coming in at you yeah um, and it and it's about your own it's about growing your own emotional intelligence and I don't mean that from a you have to understand everybody else's emotions that's no no we don't we don't have to understand everybody else's but if we understand our own and we have our own level of understanding and intelligence of our own emotions that gives us huge strength because then that's up, they're ours to own. And we, we should own them, we should be responsible for them because inevitably a lot of anxieties come from a feeling of lack of control. But by me learning about my own emotions gave me back that control. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's really great stuff that you're saying. Um, I hope that... Uh, People are paying close attention to what you're saying. Um, and uh, so I've got another question here that um, what I'm, I'm curious, Kelly, what characteristics or qualities in yourself enabled you to get yourself out of the darkness into the light? What, what, how would you describe your, the characteristics or qualities that you have that helped you? Um. Oh, there's a question. <laughs> um, well, I definitely think that, you know, I was blessed, as I mentioned earlier, in regards to uh, my upbringing. So I had a, an amazing support network around me. Um, and, you know, this, this abundance of people that wanted to support me. Um, however, that the, the, the overall strength does have to come from you when, when you take that step to, to break out of the trauma, which is, which is what I did. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably going to sound a little bit humble, but I do find it difficult to, to, I don't know, blow my own trumpet really, because I don't, I don't know that I could say, Oh, it's because I'm X, Y, and Z that I was able to get through it. I think there's a lot of reasons. There are reasons, mainly, I would probably put into uh, my children and my husband. You know, I want to be able to live as a fulfilled life with them and to give them as much of me as possible. And I knew that I wasn't. Um, and so that that was that was definitely my drive definitely right, right. Yeah. thank you um 
And then so we're sort of a couple more questions. Um, based on your journey of the past 15 years, what, what important pieces of advice would you like to share with the audience? This is like the top two or three things that are most important. In so um, I'm trying to remember what I said. Well, I can what tell I you um, there, was, there were three things that you told me. I'm just curious. Yeah. One was to, which we kind of covered, which is to get help, you know, yeah. s- as simple as it sounds, but to do it. Um, yeah. The other one you've kind of intimated that just the, just in the last few minutes, discovering what you were responsible, that you were responsible for your own well being. Yeah. <clears throat> you said that was quite a revelation f- for yourself. Yeah. Uh, and then this, this interesting one um, to definitely not believe everything you think. Ah. Uh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So all of, yeah, of course, all of, you know, all of those years, all of those anxieties, all of those irrational thoughts, um, all of it, all of those symptoms that I lived with for so long, I didn't have anything to compare them to. So the way that I reacted off the back of a traumatic situation and a life changing event I I just assumed that that's that's the only way and because you don't you don't know there's another way until you've experienced another way um so yeah 100% I I believed so many things that actually weren't true they were just that a belief and a belief is it holds so much weight when you think it constantly. Mm-hmm. However, if you, if you find a way to be able to ask yourself the question, is what I'm thinking a fact? And don't get me wrong, there would have been many a time if I'd have been asked that question when I was at, at, in my darkest place or my lowest place, that I would have thought, yes, it's a fact because it's how I'm feeling. But very often it is just a belief and a, the difference between what is a belief and is a fact are, are, can be so different and when you see it like that that's what can be life-changing and definitely helped to change the way I started to look at the way I was thinking and yeah and inevitably then I was able to start seeing things differently which is when you then start to to build on your confidence. Uh, it's a, I love what you're saying. I really do. It's a, it's a, you know, I always think of the thoughts that we have. Uh, I once had a mentor years ago, the thoughts that we have, he used to say, you know, almost most of the stuff that goes through your head, your thoughts is garbage. It's absolute <laughs> garbage. Uh, you know, and we do have this, I think human beings have a tendency to, to get caught up in their own, uh, thought world and so much of it is actually yeah. <laughs> not not particularly useful uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah so so I like the point you're making um, so a couple more questions what uh, habits or practices especially those that you do regularly um, help you to be successful uh, these days I mean you, yeah. I th- you're into exercise right yeah, so I am. I am now, and um, well, I sort of I dabbled with it over the years. So I, 
I think all all along, even through the, 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 the decade of living, you know, in this fight or flight state, I um, I always knew what was right or what was best for me. It was just that sometimes I just wasn't, I didn't have that capability to, to do it. So I used to pick exercise up and drop it and pick it up and drop it. And um, But yeah, I, I feel now that I've got into a routine with it. So I try to exercise three times a week. Um, and I suppose the, the, main, the main thing that I would say I do on a, on a regular basis, probably daily, is, is really focus on my mindset. Um, and that's, that's key for me because inevitably life will, will bring ups and downs and life means that there are still days, of course there are still days when I feel sad or or um unhappy or hurt um you know neg- still still experience negative emotions of course i do but i very much try to look at my mindset in that sense of um what can i control and if it's out of my control then i need to learn to accept that it makes me feel a certain way and that's because I am who I am and by doing that process I can then park it and you know and accept that it's not something that I can control um so then focus on on the things that I can control yeah brilliant that's that's the practice that really is um excellent um okay so Final question, really. Uh, what are your plans and goals for the future? Gosh, gosh, gosh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you only have 60 seconds. <laughs> okay. Well, so I'm I feel that <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, I'm definitely very much in the early stages of, you know, being able to raise awareness of um, PTSD and, you know, positive mindset, etc. So I've just past my life coaching course which I know you mentioned earlier and I would like to pursue that but I need to still I need to keep reaching out and um, learning more still so that I can find the path that that you know I I'm going to walk down and that is the one that is meant for me so um, yeah I need to find my niche I suppose but also I'd really love to be able to to have a variety in my life. So maybe, I guess in an ideal world, if, if I look into the future, I would love to be, um, you know, doing public speaking and coaching people and writing blogs and, you know, to have that variety of, of means of, and ways of being able to support other people. And that's the key. That's great. Um... I actually think that the best way of getting out of uh, the dark, darks, darkness, if you like, um, is to actually look out and contribute and give to others. It's yeah. just a brilliant way of getting out of yourself and your own uh, concerns. And it's a very healing thing to do. So good for you. It sounds like you're going to be uh, doing well, even being on this podcast for starters. That's great. I mean, you're, you're, going, to, you're going to be out there. Uh, more yeah, and more. Good for you. Um, and then if people want to get hold of you, if they want to uh, find out more about you, um, yeah. 
So the best way to get in touch is, is what? Well, so on Facebook and Instagram, I'm um, known as The Bubble. Um, so if you search for The Bubble on either of those platforms, you'll find my accounts. Um, and also on Twitter, I'm known as PopTheBubble75. Um, or, so obviously you can reach out to me via any of those social media means um, or via email. Okay. Uh, do you want to give your email out or not? Yeah, of course. So it's Kelly Tabiner and the number one, Kelly Tabiner one at gmail.com. And Kelly Tabiner, Tabiner is spelt, well, it's K-E-L-L-Y-T-A-B-I-N-E-R. That's it, yeah. Um, at gmail.com. And what, what, I was chuckling away there. It's a question I was going to ask you earlier, but it didn't kind of fit in. What is the bubble? Why is it called the bubble? Oh, okay. Okay, so when I first had my uh, therapy and when I was first talking to my husband about uh, having that strength and should I write my first blog and you know should I should I start to raise awareness and um, talk about what I've been through we had a conversation and I said it feels like I've popped that bubble and I used to talk about this bubble that I lived in and during the decade of living with PTSD what actually happened is my bubble became smaller and smaller. Um, and so, it, yeah, that's where we came up with, well, let's call it the bubble because it, it felt like I, I actually had a really, I had, actually had quite, I don't know, a, a, a fond connection to the bubble, even though over the, those years it wasn't my friend. Um, but it just felt like a good way of, yeah, of saying, you know, I've now popped that bubble and, uh, and, and come through the other side. So, yes, that's where it came from. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks for explaining. I was just dying for curiosity. Um, uh, final question. Will your TED Talk be posted on YouTube at some point or not? Yes, it will. It will. So the TED Talk is currently being edit, edited by uh, TEDx. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it becomes available, then yes, of course, I will, um, I will put it on my social media and it will also be on TEDx.com. Excellent. And the title is? It is The Mental Health Bus. The Mental Health? Bus. Bus. B-U-S. Yes. B-U-S. Oh, The Mental Health Bus. Okay. The Mental Health Bus. Oh, great. The, sorry. <laughs> the Mental yeah. Helper. Oh, no, no. So the mental health bus. I got it. The mental, as in car, boat, yes. bus. <laughs> yes. For some <laughs> reason, I couldn't hear it. I don't know why. Um, all right. Well, uh, Kelly, thank you very, very much for this conversation. It's been a total pleasure. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Hope you have. Um, I, I wish have. you the very thank best, you know. Um, thank you very much no you're very welcome thank you so much for inviting me along it's um it's been a real pleasure to 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 chat with you what amazing thank you very much and uh, to all the listeners out there if you feel inclined to share this podcast please do so on social media instagram facebook linkedin all the usual suspects um but uh, you know as i said uh, during this conversation with kelly the, the idea of this series is to really inspire and help people give them ideas about if you're going through this sort of tough times or you're about to head into them or you've come out of them, um, you know, um, 
conversations with people like Kelly really help to get through there, uh, give you some sort of a roadmap or at least some advice. So please do share. And uh, in the meantime, um, I will be doing my next episode very soon. In fact, uh, in about a week's time. And Kelly, once again, thank you. Um, we're going to sign off and have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. And Bye-bye. you. Bye.